WPT, this is Lindsay. Fourth quarter is here and the renewal of insurance and employee benefits is happening right now. We are accomplishing cost savings and benefit improvement for many WPT members and will be calling you about your plans. Spend a few minutes with one of our brokers discussing how you can enjoy reduced expenses through a creative wellness tax strategy. Let Security Plus and our partners give you new insight and help you gain advantage in the competitive employee hiring environment. Well, as always, thank you, Lindsay, and thank you for spending another midweek moment with WPT. I'm Paul Rozeski. Today is the 15th of November, 2023. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day. It's the chance to make some hard choices because I bet that there's something, maybe it's a bottle of soy sauce or jar pickles, something that you can't confidently tell me how many months or even years it's been sitting in your fridge. We've all come across something inadvertently pushed to the back, ended up sticking around a little too long, started looking a little sketchy, or maybe even was smelling a little rotten. Hey, if you end up cleaning out all your leftovers too, don't worry because you have an option for grabbing a meal to go tomorrow because tomorrow, Thursday, is fast food day. Speaking of something looking a little sketchy and smelling a little rotten, I can't wait to tell you about some of what the Senate pulled yesterday. So, let's all hold our noses and jump into some news together. So yesterday, the Senate took the floor at the chipper time of 8 a.m. to work through their agenda of bills to consider. There was an interesting turn of events that happened, one of which uh, had to do with Senate Bill 268. This is one of those boring bills that does little things like clarify technicalities and tweak definitions. Uh, this one focused on the Debar- Department of Revenue and did things like uh, define fermented malt beverage and it tweaked rules on investigating and penalizing lottery fraud. Uh, just little stuff like that. One of those bills where all the details have been hashed out should be bipartisan and a lot of time it's actually requests from the departments that when they come across exceptions or issues or things they ran into snags with that no one saw coming. So one bill that hasn't had the same drama-less experience is an alcohol industry reform bill that would actually create the division of alcohol beverages to specifically oversee everything from regulation of beverages to enforcement of alcohol beverage laws, and it would oversee brewers, brew pubs, wineries, manufacturers, the wholesalers, and retailers. It has been years in the works, and the 1% of sticking point drama with this bill is coming from adding wedding barns to the list of establishments that would fall under its oversight, which, adding them is reasonable, needs to be figured out. Where do these establishments fall? But what the drama is, is the list of constraints and requirements that would be put on them. Oh, this bill is sitting in committee, and it would appear to be stuck there because the bill's authors were unwilling to consider any debate, any amendments, or any tweaks to any of the language of the bill. So instead of it working through the committee process, the uh, 
instead of it working through the committee process like it should, the entirety of that bill was added as an amendment to the boring Department of Revenue bill that was already on the schedule. What was interesting to me is that there's a motion, there was a motion against adding the amendment because it says in state statute that an amendment cannot broadly expand the scope of a bill, a safeguard to keep guide rails on the process. The motion to dismiss the amendment was considered and it was upheld by the president of the Senate because let's be real, the amendment is creating a whole new division of government that oversees that long list of the entire alcohol process that I read through. Well, that ruling was then contested and it was put to a vote and it was overturned by a simple majority of the representatives that were already in favor of the bill because they wouldn't have decided to do it if they didn't already have the votes. Uh, just having that vote and just having it be a simple majority doesn't seem to be a very effective way to prevent something like that from happening. So that made the amendment admissible again, and the whole thing was able to squeak through. None of the six amendments that were hastily introduced to tweak the amendment passed. And usually Senate votes are on party lines. Uh, 22 Republicans and 11 Democrats, if it's not bipartisan. The votes on this bill were either 1815 or 1716. It was an interesting bipartisan mix of people that were against it and for it. And like I said, they barely had the numbers, but it squeaked through. Now, based on what was passed, wedding barns can still exist. And I say that just event venues where people were in the past being able to carry in their own alcohol. So those venues can still exist, but they can only host six events per year, would be required to get a liquor license and be required to buy their alcohol through distributors. There's a lot to unpack here and how this was pushed through and why it was pushed through. But I will say this, farming is incredibly hard. No news there. Enough, but it's hard enough where most farming couples don't both work full-time in ag anymore. One works outside the house to bring in a steady income and carry health insurance. They're still working on the farm anyway. I 100% support things that allow farmers to diversify their income streams while still providing the crops and the livestock and all the stuff that provides for us and fuels our economy. Examples, J. Henry Bourbon uses some, some of the portions of their crops to distill spirits and they distill spirits also on their land. And they have, we have corn mazes and we have haunted forests and all that kind of stuff from farms. Uh, I will say <laughs> these are all things that can help farmers diversify their income streams, help keep their legacies and their farms and their land in their families instead of being another statistic of the number of farms that we lose each year. It's a creative and popular way to do that and it was just snuffed out mafia style with the vote yesterday. What was also interesting is who voted for and against it on either side of the aisle. Uh, 
One that went along with the bill is a senator that owns an implement dealership in a pretty rural area of Wisconsin. Somebody that was against this going through pretty much in an urban area that really doesn't have hardly any ag that they are representing. Another senator is actually from a very rural, very ag-driven portion of the state, and you want to know why it happened? I think I have an answer. I think the people that are paying attention in those districts are going to have some hard questions, and uh, I think if you want to know how it works, you follow the money. Well, also, the Senate had a debate and passed the pair of bills that would extend the brewer's lease and allocate money for renovations to AmFam Field, bills that had bipartisan support and bipartisan opponents, just kind of like the other one, uh, bills that had people calling for some compromise to slow down the process and continue to work on and even find ways to further improve the bills, kind of like the other one. Two more bills that also passed through. As each of these bills were passed, the order of business and the agenda was suspended so the bills could be immediately messaged over to the assembly. And as the last order of business for the assembly, who was also in session, they took those three bills, had a vote, and voted to approve all three of them. They'll all be sent to Governor Evers for him to either veto or sign into law at the end of the month. Spoiler alert, he issued a press release the same day saying he was planning on signing the Brewers' bills into law. So, three contentious issues that they didn't want to drag out and they wanted to try and get off of people's radar as soon as possible. Why were these given a priority and attention? Again, if you want to know how something works, dot, dot, dot. Follow the money. In other words, in other news, here's a quick reminder. Next year is going to be a massive voting year in Wisconsin. We potentially will have multiple constitutional amendments that can make their way to the ballots. We have a spring primary and a presidential election in the fall and the unknown ramifications of redistricting lawsuits that are in the courts. There may be folks that are forced to rerun for the positions that they have. An important way to help that process is to volunteer at the polls. Having an adequate number of volunteers and an equal representation of Republican and Democrat poll workers in every polling location across the state is one of the best ways for every single person either side of the aisle to ensure and confirm the integrity of Wisconsin's elections. Now, the statutory deadline that binds clerks to accept partisan nominees is November 30th. That's coming up soon, and it's for the 2024 and 2025 appointment of a worker, of uh, election workers. So you can learn more and even start the process. If you go to myvote.wi.gov, you can search. Uh, uh, you can search it up really easily and learn more. And finally, something that Wisconsin can brag about. There have been a bunch of stories about how the deer hunting population is slowly declining. And if you look at the slow, if you look at the slow decline of licenses issued every year over the past decade. Interestingly enough, when I researched more, I found that Wisconsin for everything total 
issues 4.5 million licenses, tags, and stamps for hunting. The next closest state in the United States is Michigan, and they issue less than half at 2.2 million. Surprisingly enough, Minnesota issues just over 1 million. So, whether it's the people enjoying the outdoor recreation or the tourism that we bring in the state, we have a culture of getting outdoors, which leads me, in closing, to a quote from Jimmy Carter, which I believe applies to all Wisconsinites, whether you hunt or not. Quote, during the proper seasons, the urge within me to be in the woods, in the fields, or along a stream is such a strong and pleasant desire that I have no inclination to withstand it." Unquote. As always, have a great second half of your week, and thanks for listening. Wisconsin Property Taxpayers, Inc. is a nonpartisan membership organization consisting of thousands of small business farm and homeowner members in every corner of the state. Founded in 1985, the organization is committed to providing its members with up-to-date information, legislative advocacy, and exclusive cost-saving benefits. Find out how to join at wptonline.org slash join.